Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsy's Nooka Podcast, where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pamps. I am your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsy's Nook, a diaper boy does a photo shoot at the iconic Trixie Motel, plus I take a look at the softer side of domination. This week in Newsy's Nook, a diaper boy does a very cute photo shoot at a very unique motel. Sammy Boy visited Trixie Motel with a friend who he had just came out to as an ABDL. He gives us a quick recap of his experience. She was like, okay, well, I'm going to take a few photos in some of my costumes. I think it'll be really fun. And I was like, hey, well, would you mind if I took a few in baby mode? Like I just, you know, a couple in like a diaper and some sneakers. And she was like, oh, hell yeah, that'd be super fun. And uh, yeah, on our second day was when we decided to kind of whip out our costumes and do the photo shoot. And we kind of just like drew the blinds slow, like <laughs> not, we didn't like leave them open. So, and I wasn't like doing them in the public spaces. I just took the the pants off pictures in my our room and, and uh, it was really fun. And she was like, oh, those are so cute. Oh yeah. Put, turn your shoulder. Yeah. Oh, that's really fun. Oh, so um, she totally got into it. Oh yeah, for sure. She was like, this is great. Oh, you look so cute. Um, and, uh, and then even from the rest of the day on, I just threw some shorts over my pampers and we did a couple more photos out in the courtyard and we went for lunch and she really didn't seem to mind at all. Um, uh-huh. and I, I, you know, no, I mean, yeah. And, um, you know, I, she didn't know that I was using it. I don't think, um, <laughs> like I, like at lunch, I, I, I flooded it a little bit. And like, I just kind of sneakily took it off and put it in a bag so that she couldn't and like got rid of it later. But <laughs> Aww. you mean you yeah. didn't show your photos to Trixie Mattel? Well, so like, so of course I, um, we took a bunch of photos on the property and in the pool mm-hmm. and there are some other photos, that, you know, and f- so for that, I also bought like a cute speedo to coordinate with the pink scheme. And I'd got this really cool t-shirt at this local queer, queer um, shop that was called uh-huh. Queer Tea. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was like this Marilyn it was like the shirt that says Palm Springs with this Marilyn image on it but instead of Marilyn Monroe it's Freddie Mercury in the Marilyn Monroe dress okay and so um we did a separate photo shoot of me in that t-shirt like soaking wet in the pool and uh, and at that one I tagged uh Trixie Mattel at and um so and she didn't repost it to her own Instagram but it did get reposted to the motel Instagram account so that was kind of fun Okay, so she, she so maybe she's seen it. Who knows? Well, she wouldn't have seen the diaper ones. The diaper ones are only on my FetLife account, um, which you can find me on FetLife as Sammy Boy DL. Uh-huh. Um, spelled S A M I, and uh, uh, that's the only place I've posted them publicly. Otherwise, but yeah, a couple of my friends who I'd shown that to were like, "If only Trixie Mattel knew there was a little diaper boy doing a photo shoot in her rooms." Um, what do you think you she know, would say? You know, I un- honestly sometimes I wonder if she's not like a serious gangster. You know what I mean? You know, she's bald. Like she would look kind of cute in a diaper if you ask me. Um, like, I mean, adorable, right? Imagine. I definitely think she's a gangster. She talks about water sports a lot. I feel like she's totally like a pig. Like, uh, ex- like, like, no joke. Like, she probably like gets down and dirty when she's not oh, in drag. My God, totally. I think her like drag persona is a little, you know. A little nose in the air but i definitely i totally agree with you i think in the sheets she's just like i i think she's piggy for sure and i'm sure david 
I mean, it's hard to say because I don't get like David has seemed so sweet, like from the show. But then like I'm like, you know, maybe even like maybe even Brian, aka Trixie, is like the Dom in the relationship. Who knows? I have no Who idea. knows? Yeah. Well, uh, would you ever so let's say you go to a meet and greet and you see her, would you show her the photos? Oh my god, actually. Yeah, maybe. And you know Ooh, why? Because why? think about how funny that content would be for her. Like, she wouldn't use my name either. She would just be like, so I was at a meet and greet one time. And this guy was like, oh, my God, I stayed at your motel. And then he showed me a picture of him in a diaper. And I was like, Mm-mm. imagine like the sound effects they throw on that. Like, wah, wah, crying baby. Who knows? <laughs> like, or like a fart sound. I don't know. The point is, like, her and Katya would totally end up talking about it on mm, later. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. I- I hope so. I I hope you have the opportunity one day to like show her the photos. Yeah. And uh, it, it, so it's it's a really cute. It's definitely a special place. I think it's you'd be amazed at how when you're finally in the rooms, how much attention they really pay to detail. Like, Are the rooms big? Because the show makes the rooms. The show, I was having this moment where like, I can't tell how big the rooms are. They're either really, really big or they're really, really tiny. And the furniture is just really, really tiny. So... Um, again, the, this, this, there's a couple of suites, I'm calling them the ones that have like a, a dinette or kitchenette in them. So that's going to be the flamingo suite, the power, a uh, flower power suite, and the yeehaw cowgirl suite. Those are all going to be a little bit more spacious for sure. Uh-huh. Um, there was plenty of room for our suitcases and stuff like that. The bathrooms are a little, a little cozy, but they're very cute. Um, but then like the queen of hearts room, the atomic bombshell room, those two are definitely smaller. Like definitely you're on top of each other. You want to go with someone you are very fond of or very probably intimate with. with. Yeah. Um, because those are definitely cute little rooms. That's they're they're just very straightforward. A, a bedroom and then a bathroom. Um the Malibu Barber suite was much cuter in person. Like when we were watching the series, we didn't think it was as fun decorated, but actually like the way they did the floor makes it look like the ocean. It looks really cool. And they don't have a wet bar, but it's a more spacious suite for sure. So it's kind of another nice one to like book with a friend and just kind of sprawl out. Nice. So you would definitely recommend this to all your diaper friends. Uh, oh, my gosh, especially because the pictures. Just think of the pictures. Um, yes. And then so like another really cute thing they do is that um, you text directly with Chris and Brian. Uh, I'm sorry, Chris and um excuse me, Maddie and Christian, they were the hotel managers. So when you want your breakfast, you can either bring, have it brought to your room or you can just go to the lobby and have it made for you there. And the continental breakfast includes like this really cute little spread of like a warm big croissant with like Nutella and jam, um, orange juice, and then like a granola and yogurt. It's like very, it's continental, but it's adorable the way they present it in like this, this pink basket and like there's Trixie Mattel paper wrapped around the pastries and stuff like that. And um, like branding galore. It's very, again, very Instagrammable, I guess. And so, and also too, what we we think we understand is that we paid like a premium because we booked so early, but apparently the rooms are getting a little bit more affordable, a little more like cost-friendly. And I think you can book just one night instead of two now. So if you ever find that loophole again, where it's like, inexpensive for one night go because it's super fun it's totally over the top yeah totally 100% would recommend I'm super jealous I totally want to go as soon as I saw the show I was like I definitely want to go and after seeing your photos I definitely want to do a diaper photo shoot in there 
you have to and you better just like go to town i mean you i didn't even i don't know you should do like a loaded pampers photo shoot in there that'd be amazing <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> tag tag trixie mattel on twitter oh my god no yes okay that would be i didn't have the guts to tag her in the diaper photos but yeah i think she would just die again and then you'd end up on her uh, about it and she'd be like i don't know when this happened but suddenly i have a, this like diaper boys following and she'll just <laughs> it'll have come out of nowhere there you go well thank you sammy boy for coming to newsies nook and talking about trixie's mattel absolutely thank you for having me i look forward to meeting you at capcom <gasps> yes bye bye This week in Newsy's Nook, if you identify as a little, you probably have fantasized about being babied by a daddy, someone who is more dominant than you. I was recently made aware of that not all doms look and feel the same. Some are softer and more eager to tease than to punish. This week, I talk with my friend Tristan about the softer side of domination. Well, thank you, Daddy Tristan, for coming to Newsy's Nook. You're very welcome. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So we're talking about soft domination. So before we begin, what is your definition of soft domination? Um, well, in my opinion, soft domination is all the fun of domination without the meanness, anger, and toxic masculinity that I feel like permeates um, gay dominance culture. So that's my basic take on it. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by like the toxic traits of domination? What are some toxic traits of domination? Well, I guess we're just going to dump like jump right into it. And so like my experience with people that model behavior, right? In the field of ABDL, I feel like everyone deserves a seat at the table. But our uniqueness is what makes our fetish cool, right? Because you can have a variance or your fetish or your kink can be just a little bit different than mine. But when we play together, it can be really united and it can be integrated. Well, I look at my mental lifestyle and how I act around people. And I look at pornographic images, or I look at the stories that we like to read. And they're all steeped in a lot of, well, this is a masculine aggressively athletic man and he's going to be restrained by a massive muscle bound god and the two of them are going to have some explosive orgasmic release and then everyone's just going to leave and there's no aftercare there's no conversation um and so my experience before i embraced abdl because i didn't know what it was my avenue in was through um, kink.com. And of course, that pornographic films then opened up a whole world of people that were into things. But every single one of them ends with an interview of the two performers talking about consent and did you like this? But then there's no aftercare. It's just two people covered in cum talking to one another. And I'm like, well, that's, don't you like this person? So it's like, I, my joke is soft domination is spanking you, but then making you waffles after, <laughs> or maybe Aww. you like pancakes. So it's, it's, it's the, the fun of the domination, but there's this really 
broy sort of non mean non harsh edge to it you're knocking the meanness off the edge or softening it with a stuffed animal instead of gagging someone with a, a, a ball gag you're gagging them with a pacifier gag and instead of you know spanking them without intent you're spanking them with intent so soft domination to me is a better way for me to get into a kink in my opinion than just this aggressive hyper masculine over sexualized male dominant toxic angry gotta be a man gotta smell like leather gotta have a beard gotta be muscular all these things you have to be yet 90 percent of us that are in the community don't look don't act and don't have sex like that so i just don't like it and i hope more people talk about this because it's actually fun so right. spanking them waffles <laughs> right. no i love that what i'm hearing is the porn video of what domination looks like, right? What we see in porn, what we grew up watching in porn, the muscular guy, no body fat at all, six foot tall. And then the video ends and you're like, what happens next? Where yours seems very more organic, very more um, like real, like it could exist in real life and it, it has real people in it. Yeah, I mean, I have a real body. I have a real voice. Like even talking to you, um, I'm conscious that people will be like, gosh, his voice sounds so effeminate. How could he be a daddy? That's something that somebody said to me one time. I had another person say to me one time, oh, I just expected you to be more masculine. And I was like, what a rude way to start sex. But also I can't be mad at the person because everything that we love in this community is about buff bodies with no hair and super skinny little twinks and diapers. And that's not my experience. It's not. And so I was like reserved at first. And then I started to communicate with members in the community. And then I was like, I'm not alone. Uh, there's a lot of us. And a lot of us have really good fun doing a form of daddy doming, which mm -hmm. is to me the, the antithesis of soft domination. Let's go into, you know, we kind of talked about at the beginning of the interview that like body size plays a big portion of control thing. Do you feel, do you feel like body, like does your little need to be smaller than you? It's not essential. I don't need someone to be smaller than me to be in my bedroom. I don't need them to be smaller than me to fit in a crib. I think that it's attractive. The idea that I'm bigger than the guy and that size difference certainly carries that. So um, for me, however, I don't need that. A guy could be huge. And I myself, I was telling you, have a, like the only part of me that feels like I could submit or be submissive to another daddy is the fantasy of this, you know, bigger person. But I'm a big guy. So for me to have someone dominate me at six foot tall and you know, however much I weigh, I'm a bigger guy. I'd have to have uh, some big ass dude, like huge dude, like some 12 foot tall Nordic God that's got, you know, blonde hair, looks like Thor, but bigger. And he would have to pick me up like a baby. But then I also want to be cognizant that there are so many members of the community who are bigger like me, who mm -hmm. are babies or identify as littles or middles or bigs, but they genuinely just want to be picked up. And so I, I'll deadlift them sometimes. I mean, I'm, I can pick up big stuff 
and throw it around. I don't, I'll pick up a guy and throw him around and it's really hot, but no, I don't need for my fetish to be complete. I don't need there to be an actual physical size difference. The size difference needs to be mentally, um, I guess would be a better way for me to think into it. Right. So I guess the question I want to ask is, do you find that there's a lot of just bad misconceptions when it comes to sub and dom play like do you feel like everyone has this fantasy of like what it should look like and you're and you're basically saying like no it doesn't need to be this big dom buff daddy and little small twinkish boy like it could literally be any combination of body type and and everything and as long as you're both into it it could work yes because either you are in my secret group that you're not supposed to be in because there's no littles allowed and read the comments yesterday because this came up yesterday in my group chat. Um, like five days ago, I, I started a group chat and I already have 20 people and I love it. They're mm. all daddies. Um, they may be novice daddies or they may be very experienced daddies, but that came up. Somebody was like, I really have a desire to be picked up by the um, ankles. And I was just like, I don't know how any grown man is going to pick you up by your ankles. Like your hands are only so big. Look how big your ankles are. You can't be picked up like a quote baby. So yeah, there are unrealistic expectations. And unfortunately I don't want to come off in this interview as like beating up littles. But the point of me reaching out to you is that there's not enough conversations about bigs and daddies and mommy doms that fit in the gender queer spectrum there's not enough conversation about bigs because there's 1 million littles running around everywhere. No, we're always talking about little, little head space, this, that it's all little, 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 little. It's never, well, what about the caregivers and the doms and the daddies and the bigs that are into it? So misconception plays into it because it's the fantasy and we're all thriving in the fantasy, but the fantasy at a certain point has to meet the reality. So me as a daddy, I think my biggest job is to be an engineer. I have to take the fact that Newsy is a little baby and I have to get him into the crib so I can ask him to crawl, but I still have to get him off the floor without breaking the scene because that would, in your mind, is a little break the scene. But if I can't pick you up, when are we going to get a crane? Like, I mean, now we're, now, now you're asking for the more ridiculous stuff. Now I'm spending thousands. Of, it's like, just stop it. Stop it. But that's the dad in me. He's like, stop it, you kids. Instead, yes, let's think of, about a better way into the fetish that realizes that an unrealistic expectation is fine. But how can I figure out how to work with my partner or my dom? Or how can I figure out how to re-engineer a solution with my little to keep them infantilized, to keep them small, to keep them in the mode of the moment without making them not feel big? So it's tough. It's not easy. I mean, we talk all the time about daddy heads or little headspace. Oh, you're going to break my little headspace. Well, daddy headspace for me is anxiety riddled. It's solutions driven. And it's full of those moments where you think, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Is he upset at me? It's, it's sometimes daddy headspace isn't a great headspace because it's all about being prepared for every situation, having an answer to every question, having a solution. So yeah, as a, as a, as a group of littles, who primarily run the ABDL focus, it is disproportional. And there are a lot of misconceptions, but we got to talk about them to work them through them to get better at it, hopefully. I just love that there's like a mommy, daddy, 
anonymous group happening in the background that you've started that you all talk about the problems. But let's go into that for a quick second. So we've talked about like wild, like wild expectations that littles throw upon you, daddies and mommies. What are us? What are some other crazy big misconceptions that you find littles have for their for their bigs, for their mom, for their mommies, for their daddies? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stab at you. Um, as an interviewer, because I listened to your last podcast, which is why I reached out to you, right? And you were talking to Mr. Christopher about your experience. And you said, well, I just expect to roll. I'm obviously I'm paraphrasing here. I just expect to walk in and have the Dom or the daddy just take care of everything. Just take care of everything. And it's like that you talked about like, the most ridiculous. I don't have to talk about the most ridiculous. That is the most ridiculous. And it permeates everything in ABDL culture that the Dom is a mind reader, that he somehow knows everything and can solve all of your problems. And all you have to do is poop your pants and suck on a pacifier. Like, okay, like, no, not interested. I guess you should find a Dom who can do that for you. But as funny as that can be, the dark side to that is when you don't have a realistic expectation. You will seek out doms in the community who are likely to be abusers, who are likely to be negative, who have no experience because you're desperate. You're like, please spank me, anyone. Well, there's someone out there who will spank you, but they probably don't know when to stop, if they're going to hurt you uh, or worse. It could, could lead to a situation where you're in danger. So the most real, the most ridiculous expectation in this community is that communication somehow as a little is not a part of your job. And I, I'm not here to say that, you know, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who don't talk during the entire experience and fully become immersive and nonverbal. But in my experience, God bless y'all that you did that on the first time. But I think that that's all part of having a daddy, seeing him multiple times, growing with him, earning his trust. And then also it's my job as a daddy the same way. If I know what Newsy's expectation is and I'm not living up to it, then at a certain point, you have to say, daddy, this isn't working. I, I like you, but you're not the daddy for me. You're just not meeting my little expectation. So maybe a better way to say is, what's the most, real, what's the most unrealistic thing that this community does? We don't communicate about sex. We just expect it just to happen. I don't, I don't know. I guess people like bad sex and they like having bad hookups and kink and spending $4 a diaper for somebody to not even use it. Or I don't know, you know, it's not cheap. So <laughs> am I cracking you up that much? I feel Welcome so, to my TED talk. <laughs> I feel so little. I'm being read to filth on my own podcast, but I love but it. I, don't, I love it. No, 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 but, no. Wait. But one question I have for you is to keep the conversation going expectations. So let's, let's do this right. Let's, what should littles, how should littles go into a a mommy daddy um, play scene? You talked about expectations. So is part of that sitting down before a scene happens and saying like, here are my expectations. Here's what I want. Here's what I want you to do. Like, should the little lay it out completely? Should the little lay out a outline? I mean, what would what would you like littles to do? What should I have done? I would. I would question. love. Yeah, I would love if someone would give me a handwritten list in crayon of gibberish like that to me like let's go baby like <laughs> put a ring on it like that's cute right uh -huh. but that that is exactly what most little give you 
is a list of nonsensical gibberish filled, not achievable or attainable things in kink. It does start with a conversation, in my opinion. Everyone that plays with me, the minute we engage, there's some flirtatious back and forth. And then even in the conversation, I ask them to go from whatever messaging platform and move them into Telegram because on Telegram, I can control the messaging. They can also remove photos or remove their messages. We can maintain an autonomy. We could go into it with secret chats where they they delete themselves after a few hours. Or it could be a situation where I'm keeping a long list of every conversation with the little so I can refer back to it. So in the conversation with the little, the little's 50%, just like I'm 50%, right? Like we're equal. There is no difference between a little and a big. Like it's not the big's job to organize the entire kink situation. It's the little's job to talk about what their needs are and how the dom can meet those needs. So needs and want cycles are sadly and sorely missing from the community. Yeah, you may want to be picked up because that's your desire, but needing to be picked up may not be the be all end all, or maybe it is, and maybe that's non-negotiable. So talking about the scene before the scene in terms of what having a conversation about what your limits are and what your boundaries are, and then going further I think it's really hot foreplay if I tell you everything that I'm going to do to you before I do it. And then for littles to think that it's not, then why does diaper boys have good stories and a bunch of trash stories that we all are fapping to? I mean, come on. Like, you can't tell me that someone's thoughts aren't coming from somewhere. So instead, let's have a conversation about, hey, um, you know what? Um, I'm going to use you as an example, Newsy. I really want to change your stinky butt. Well, okay, that's a cute way to start it. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, when I start talking about it, you may go, yeah, that's not my brand. No, thank you. And see, then we're both friends and we're both respectful. And we move on in the community and we say, hey, um, I met that really fat, loud guy from Detroit, um, Tristan. He just wasn't my jazz, but he was a cool dude. But his brand of kink, not me. Okay. That's way better than... uh, that guy tied me up, didn't consent with me. All I told him was I wanted to be diapered. And the next thing you know, and it's like, well, yeah, because we didn't talk about what we wanted to do. Got it. So what I'm hearing is, is before you go into an actual scene, there should be a, neg- a negotiation period of either the little beginning with, here's everything I want. And then the Dom side of the equation saying, okay, I can do this, but maybe instead of this, we we adapt to maybe like doing this, right? Maybe instead of picking you up, it's, I'm not going to pick you up, but I'm going to have you crawl to the crib or, you know, I'm not going to, I'll change your soggy diaper, but stinky diapers aren't my thing. So maybe, you know, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you go shower, but then I'll put you in one. So you're saying there should be a negotiation period that doesn't have to be non-sexy. Like you can still make it fun. Yeah. And then when it does, when sexy time does happen, it's so effortless. I mean, I had a guy that I met on recon in May of last year, had a bunch of intense conversations with him. And he flew from the Netherlands to come visit me in Detroit for 12 days. And I was his daddy and he was my little and it was all negotiated in advance about what we would do. But he and I both to this day say that Like that was one of the best experiences of our life where we both negotiated in advance what we were going to do and we executed it. And I have an amazing memory that 
yeah, people go to CapCon for three days and meet everyone in the ABDL world that they're desperate to meet. I got 10 days with one other person being his daddy. How could that not be just absolutely the coolest moment of my life? But if that person got on a plane or got in a car and drove across town and didn't know what they were going to engage with, how does anybody think that that's going to be fruitful? <laughs> right. All right. Yes or no. Have you done these negotiations a lot? Yeah. It's yeah. non-negotiable. So my question is, you probably have seen negotia- negotiations go really well. You've probably seen them probably not, you know, flourish into anything. What makes a good negotiation period? Because I feel like what would happen for a lot of littles is they go in with all their expectations and then you give compromises and they go, no, I'm not. I'm going to go find someone else. So is there a, is there a right way versus a wrong way to do these negotiations? Like, how do you keep right. the negotiations both realistic but also like in the mood, so to speak. So you can't go into the negotiation without understanding, pardon me, without, you cannot go into the, you cannot go into the negotiation without understanding that your position is uniquely tied to what you're interested in. Meaning if you're speaking in that moment from someone who's incredibly horny and just wants to get off, you're probably gonna say a lot of stuff that's just corny. That's like, great. That's nice. But then like, that doesn't get to the core of what we're actually going to be doing. So like you mentioned, are you a tinker or a stinker? Like, that's an easy question. Just ask, get it done with. Instead of having the scene arrive and not negotiate the way you want. Okay. Well, you say at the beginning, I, I'm definitely going to be a stinker. Awesome. I'll make sure that we have everything ready. To, to, to take care of you. I'll make sure to clean you up. Like that puts a lot of stuff on my end. I have to have a task list. But then if you go backwards and say, actually, that's not what I'm into. What? I don't understand. So in negotiations, whiplash, when they're going back and forth or waffling, that's normally a, hey, it doesn't seem like your need and want cycle is really in alignment with what your core values of your kinks are. So I'm going to ask you one more time. Maybe you're just overwhelmed and excited because you've met a daddy and you just want to talk. Maybe um, uh, maybe there's something in the moment that needs to be worked around, uh, that we can talk about. So in the negotiation, I just go back to the beginning of the question, like, Hey, what was the original question? And then let's renegotiate that. Hey, you're changing your mind. You're waffling, just checking in. That's also a thing in, in negotiation. Hey, you said this, this, and this before you come over, you're going to be here at three. Yeah. I'm here at two fifteen. Well, I'm not ready at two fifteen. You said you're going to be here at three. I'd rather you be late than be early. Believe me. Oh, that's good to know. Uh, Last question on this negotiation thing. I feel like it happens whether you're in a kink situation or not, where the horny, right? The horny conversation that you're having, (laughs) it's all hot and heavy. You think it's going to be great, but you can't meet that night. So of course you schedule for a different day and then the different day happens and you're like, I don't know what I said when I was horny, but that's not what I want anymore. So how do you, how do you fix that situation? I mean, do you as, do you as the Dom go back and say like, Hey, now that we're probably not as wired as we were when we first having this conversation, can we just go through the checklist again? Or. So where you part, did you participate or any of your friends participate in October? I did. Yes. Okay. And did you make it the whole month? No. Okay. But was there a point before going into October that you were really, really excited about going into October? Like oh. it was, re- 
really furiously horny, right? Yeah. And then there's a per- point during it where you're like, oh, this is really horny. But then mm-hmm. there's a point when it's not normally post orgasm in my experience. So tension is the word on how you deal with momentum in being sexually aggressive or having a sexual appetite that is sophisticated enough to express, Hey, I recognize that I'm super horny in this moment, mm-hmm. but also how do I keep the momentum? So I'll just stop talking to somebody because distance builds tension in case you didn't know. Like if you want to make somebody really, really just furiously out of their mind, like I'm going to say this in the podcast and then every daddy Dom is going to steal this and I cannot wait. It's going to fuck up some little's minds. I have intentionally stopped spanking someone for longer than three minutes and gotten up and like walked in the other room and shut the door and done absolutely nothing. Knowing that the little is laying in that bed, wondering what the fuck's going to come back around when I open up the door. And then it screws them up when I come back in and nothing happens because I made them think for three whole minutes. Like, don't sit here and tell me that I'm not a daddy Dom. Like I'm going to, I'm it's like mental subversion, but also how do you do that in negotiation? I'll just stop talking in a message. I can't believe I just said that. A lot of people are going to read me for filth, but come for me because it works every single time. Because if you're not really horny, you won't maintain the conversation. You'll just leave. You'll get off and you'll move on. And that's that was a struggle for me for a long time because everyone loves the filth that I pour out through a message. But I realized that they're just getting off on the other end. So I'll just stop talking. I love it. I I love all of it. Let's go. So let's go into daddy's headspace because I think it's, uh, you know, you talked about how the littles literally make up the majority of this community. It's all anyone talks about. So let's talk about daddy headspace is how do you get, how do you get into daddy headspace? And are there any tips that you would give to people who maybe want to, maybe want to get into their more Dom headspace, but don't feel adequate or don't feel like they can. Okay, so um, for those of us that want to use a substance, for me, a a mind-altering substance like uh, marijuana, I use, I like, I like that's one way into it. For Mm -hmm. me, it could also be something like an alcoholic drink, again, a substance. Um, I'm not espousing the use of substances. Please, if you have an issue with that, don't use them and be communicative about it. Please, Mm -hmm. if you're not communicative about anything else, please, if you have an aversion to a drug or alcohol, you got to say that, like, don't, don't put yourself in a situation where it's bad. Um, however, for me to walk into a daddy headspace, what I do is I, I get ready mentally by taking some deep breaths and then I turn on some music and I have a playlist, right? Like of a playlist that might be, um, sometimes when I come home from work and I've been in my work truck all day and I'm around a bunch of gross guys, like they're listening to country music all day. So I'll come home. I have a really cool like sexy Southern country playlist that helps me feel like I'm going to, you know, see some guy at the bar, pick him up and put him on the bar stool and just put my arm around him the whole night and just tease him. Like Mm -hmm. that's the vibe that I get. Or another time, a good way is through nurturing and caring. So I recognize my daddy headspace exists in a lot of places in normal life that I then just easily mirror and match into kink life cooking is a really great way for me to get into daddy headspace. I'm nurturing. um, I'm, I'm, I'm providing sustenance. People are getting joy from what I'm producing. 
And I'm excited because it's my time. It's my personal time. Um, other times I might get into daddy headspace by putting on a diaper and just gooning <laughs> to really filthy things because I feel like I'm going to be so eruptive. Um, I've also been recently exploring chastity as a way to um, not only curb my sexual appetite, which doesn't actually curb my sexual appetite. It does the exact opposite, but I'm trying to, I locked myself up for one of my littles and I, and he lost his mind. Like he couldn't believe it. And I was like, I'm saving this five day load for you. Like how hot is that? So I'm, I'm constantly doing things that no one else is thinking about in the community that they're talking about out loud. A lot of us are thinking about these things, but we're not talking about them because we have unrealistic ideas about roles and who should be in charge. So like I've even had, I had a very like into my mental headspace. whenever I'm getting into daddy headspace, it's really twofold. If the, if I'm really headed towards the sensual sexual daddy side, it's really going to have like almost like a steam locomotive. There's going to be some huffing and puffing. And then once I'm going down the tracks, baby, get on the train, like we're rolling mm-hmm. versus other times it might just be, um, something small and innocuous. Like today at the grocery store, um, this really attractive guy was like kind of being flirtatious with me. And at a certain point I winked at him and I realized that I just asserted some dominance that entertained him. And I just felt like the coolest dad at the grocery store flirting with the produce kid. He wasn't a kid, by the way, he was a fully grown adult, but you know, you know what I'm saying? What I'm hearing. Yeah. What I'm hearing is like, what I kind of love what I'm hearing is that you can find little moments within your normal everyday life to flex your dom side, so to speak, right? It's a wink at the grocery store to someone, or it's a wink at, at a bar somewhere, or it's, I like how you you describe cooking as a very dominant act, or you even describe chastity as a very, like, a dominant act, right? I'm saving my load for you. Do you feel like soft domination allows you to live in that space of, like, I can do probably not, like, the dom, dom- this isn't a word, but I'm going to make it a word, domiest things, but make them dom, right? Like, you made chastity sound so dominant right now. Well, it is. it Because it's it's that again um if you don't learn anything else from me from talking to me today and i get the impression that we'll be talking more but my like my mindset in getting into something i'm a dad i'm a daddy don uh-huh. and you're newsy and you're a baby if you go to the grocery store you're still a baby you're just donning a different look i mean you probably go to the grocery store in a diaper just like i do so if we're both at the grocery store and we're both in a diaper that doesn't mean that the diaper is not what's holding me back or mm-hmm. forcing me to be something else. It's just an object. Chastity, just an object. Chastity is just an object. And repeat that one more time for the children in the back. Chastity is just an object. Being chased in a submissive state is what makes you a chastity boy or a locked little nub boy. Daddy saving his load by locking himself up and wait, giving you the key. Like, wouldn't you die if you were wearing your dad's key around your neck? Like, and if you're in a, a little bit of a distance relationship, you guys only see each other on the weekends. You guys are both saving your loads for each other. There's no, there's no difference there. You're not both babies just because you're both locked. 
that's not less dominant or more dominant. Chastity is just an object. Being chaste is a mindset. And my mindset is domination and being in charge. And your mindset is messing your pamps and being adorable. So, what? what <laughs> I mean, just uh, people would early on the negative, nonsensical, bullshit comments I would get from littles. You're not a daddy because you wear a diaper. You know what? Go on down the road, kid, because you know this much about the fetish. Like, you're never going to have fun playing with people with that mindset. And it took me being in a relationship with somebody before I figured that out, which was sad. But hey, you know, I let someone shame me into not wearing diapers for almost a year because it wasn't what daddies did. And at the end of it, when he got booted, it was like, I'm, I'm not doing that again. So it's just a mindset. It's how do I get into it? I get into it by maintaining my role. I don't need to justify you why I'm wearing chastity. I'm the daddy. I do what I want. You're in chastity because you belong in it or because you want it. I, I love it. My mind is blown. I'm also, my mind is blown because I would, I'm fantasizing about someone wearing a chastity device for all of October and then them just unloading into me. All right, we'll keep going. Ah! Or like a yeah, dom wearing a diaper, and yes. then then I have to wear it. Like I like I'm slowly getting into like I'm kind of getting into this whole idea of like a soft dom doing that. Yes, I'm gonna name drop my friend Noah Gold, who I he I, I know him and and he's friend like acquaintance friends, but I've actually met him met a few times in person yeah, and had a great I love time. Noah. Okay, so. One time I was around him and I used the bathroom. And when I came back, he goes, that was a waste of piss. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I never thought that was so disrespectful. I literally walked by his diaper and didn't piss in it. Like he is living that submissive mental state. But if you see him, there is no question that he's a, that he's a little guy, that he's a baby. Like when you see, like, but then he does stuff sometimes that even a dom like me, I'm like, whoa, like I got to show up. So see, that's way more fun. Just like you're saying a whole month of a daddy in chastity, saving his load to knock you up. Yeah. And then you're going to put it in your diaper and you're going to wear it around. Like, whoa, that's now you're, now you're adding levels. Again, how am I not the dom? How? Tell me because I put on a diaper because I wore chastity for 30 days. It doesn't, hey, Newsy, it doesn't matter because you're smiling right now because you know how hot that is. And anyone who hears it is going to smile because they know how hot it is. But then there's some dumb little twink out there who's going to be like, that's not what daddies do. We'll just go on up the street, kid. It's you go find some people that you need to hang out with, but you're not going to hang out with me. And that's okay. Not everybody deserves to be in my crib, literally. I just want to throw out there that if you ever see me at an event and you do have to go to the bathroom and you're not wearing a diaper, it is offensive that you walk by me and you don't use my diaper. I'm just throwing that out there now. If you see me in a diaper at an event and you're not wearing one, you have to use me. <laughs> yes, I, I promise. Since we're now doing all these fantasies, I did write you a question, so hopefully you thought about it. So play me a scene. Play me a scene of I'm a soggy boy. What would, how would you soft dominate me? Right. We are, we've already kind of thrown some ideas out there, but like now I kind of want to like take something home with me, so to speak, like give me a fantasy that I can, I can use later. Okay. So you come visit me, um, you know, you arrive out of your car and mm -hmm. you walk in the door and the first thing you're going to do is 
we're going to hug and immediately I'm just going to start to talk to you. Hey, how was your day? You know, how, how did things go? And while I'm talking to you, I'm just going to gently put my hands on you. Mm-hmm. Putting my hands on you is an, another physical form of asserting dominance without being aggressive, right? Where we might use a restraint device to, to restrain somebody mm-hmm. such as in bondage. Um, I'm just going to put my hands on you and I'm going to gently glide you into the, my bedroom most likely because I don't have a nursery space in my home. Um, and I'm going to just keep talking to you as I'm taking your clothes off. And I'm going to, you might have some protests or you might have some comments that are non-essential and I don't really need to hear them, but I'm going to let you kind of babble. And as you're starting to fall more and more into little space, then I'm going to grab a pacifier, AKA the mute button, and I'm going to shove it in your mouth. And I'm going to keep talking about what I want to talk about while I'm taking off my, uh, taking off your clothes, taking off your diaper, making tons of comments about the state of it, how it smells. If you get giggly, I'm going to encourage giggles more. Um, If you show me your belly or your belly button, 100% raspberries, absolutely going to happen. After a raspberry, if you've been good, I might snoof. Um, I love snoofs. Gently running your finger along the inside of the leak guard before you huff it, putting your finger inside the diaper and getting dangerously close to someone's little lock nub. Again, these are all small ways. And I'm just going to like continue to talk and make sure you understand that your position is to be small and adorable and cute and to keep using your diapers. It's all about positive interaction, positive reinforcement. Um, At the end of it, you know, you're unlikely to be, you know, not happy. I mean, I've never had a dissatisfied customer in the past four years. Mm. So (laughs) customer, I don't charge anyone money. (laughs) I love it. Uh, I love, I love that there are, there's small little actions that just kind of like you said, they build upon each other, right? Like I always kind of, I sometimes feel like, like we're always thinking about like doing big actions, right? Like being tied up and tickled to death, like big actions, but like you're describing very small playable actions that can build upon themselves, right? Like having them babble and just kind of like lose, lose themselves in the conversation until you just shut them up. But sometimes babbling also isn't babbling. It's just talking, but I don't want to hear it. Not that it's not that I'm not interested. It just reinforces in a real life way because most people don't actually hit little space. Like I, people ask me all, I, people ask me all the time, like, have you ever been in little space? Like, no, I've never been little. I don't even know what it is. And I have no desire. It's not that I don't want to be little. Um, it's that I think, I think I've tried and my body's like, that's not your position in life. Now I've been around guys that I feel submissive to because I trust them or I care about them. So for me, I think soft domination's major gap is it gives us a space for men to be pleasant and kind and loving and caring and sharing mm-hmm. again, without having to have a dark dungeon that smells like piss with a soft floor with $25,000 in gear just in one sleep sack and then metal hooks and I have to clean all this shit and then I I can't do that. That's just not me. I, I, I appreciate those doms. I'm so thankful that they're in the community and that they give boys the Walt Disney World experience of, of you know being so constricted that they can't even think a thought without them finding out. That ain't me. I just like 
bopping along with a guy and gently sticking my hand on his back and steering him in the right direction and occasionally pulling up the back of the sweatshirt so his diaper shows. Like, <laughs> I like the giggles, the wiggles, the touches. I just love all of it. And that's so much more rewarding to me than the screams of pain and anguish. I love it. So last question on this topic. If someone wanted to dabble in their soft dom side, let's say they've heard this podcast and they're like, you know what? I I vibe with Tristan. His 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 way of doing doming is exactly like I see myself doing. How could they start? How could someone start in their soft domination journey? Well, I think that we both are in a really awesome Facebook group. Um, I think that you and I both also have a presence on Instagram. We're both on Twitter. We both use the same handle. You know, making sure that you are available in the community is a great way to start because you can't get into the community unless you're mirroring and matching other people's behaviors. That's number one. So get into the community by setting up a FetLife profile, meeting other people, being engaged. Um, you know, the Chicago Puddle Pups are just, you know, they're four hours away from me. Just a group of boys in Chicago that want to have fun. They're going to go to the museum next weekend. I mean, how cute is that? Like being active is the best way to get into domination. Because if you're not active, then you're just some weird lurker that no one's ever heard of, that no one knows. And you're not talking to anyone who's like in a group who's dedicated. So you're going to have these like sticky fumblings where you feel embarrassed because you didn't do it right, because you don't know who to ask a question to. And so talking to other people is the best way to get started. That's how I got started because I I have a very interesting like, you know, ABDL story about how I found the fetish and like where it came from. Um, and my experience getting into it is vastly different than a lot of people's in this community. So even I struggled at the beginning. <clears throat> Do you find that a level of, I like one, I liked how you talked about like just being a presence because I know for like the mommy side of things, there's so many fake mommies. So I feel like what you touched upon about like having a presence is so important, right? Like showing that I'm not a bot or I'm not some creepy guy in a basement somewhere in the middle of nowhere that's like just making Twitter posts trying to like, lure people in like having a presence i feel like is so important especially since mm -hmm. there are so many littles looking for so many dominant figures and it's like who do i trust who do i like who's out there so i'd like to, that you touched upon that do you also find that there's a level of self-confidence that you need to have right like you touched upon how soft doms aren't talked about a lot so do you feel like having a level of self-confidence into yeah i wear diapers yeah i wear chastity but no i'm a i'm a soft dominant person so um, I 100% agree with that idea that you're proposing, that the confidence of my mind informs my decision on what kind of daddy I want to be. If I'm not confident that you as a play partner are going to sync with me, already that's not going to be a good time because I'm not, I have to be confident. Like I am so terrified that my littles don't like me how like it's impossible but i feel so anxious um in the moment that i'm not paying enough attention or they're not getting enough butt pats or they're not getting enough you know, love or did i give them too much candy or did i not get them the right candy so my mind as a daddy is riddled with confidence issues right i gotta make sure that the boy gets what he wants because that smile from behind a pacifier 
before I spank him is like, that's, that's crack cocaine to me. Like that's the moment I'm hanging on to. It's the orgasm's great, but the giggles, the wiggles, the tickles, the smiles, like that's the stuff that at the end of the day, you, like imprints in your mind. And if I'm not confident about what I'm doing, then I'm not going to be showing up. So you're going to get a half confident Dom who's constantly worried about what he's doing. So I have to use confidence, not only to express daddy, but also to control the situation. I mean, I can't have two confident people in the room. Not that babies shouldn't be confident. I think that ABDL, DLs, I think are it's easier to be confident. Age players in general, I think, suffer from not being confident because their end of the kick is that they're in this weird childlike fetish that is, is strange and taboo and mystical and everyone has to be in little space and there's all these rules and you have to have a onesie and you have to have a stuffed animal and you have to have all these things and even their confidence can be eroded so if i'm not confident we're gonna have a horrible time i have to exude confidence and even if i don't believe i'm confident i have to be confident yes or no yes or no answer in the in your discussions with other soft doms and other doms and mommies is confidence a big is both anxiety and con- and confidence a big issue yes so it, do you have any advice for or what has worked for you um that you could give to other soft doms to give to other mommies that may be feeling less than confident or feeling less than you know adequate for the job that they have to do if we're consenting and we've agreed to a situation, um, yes means yes, no means yeah, no. I mean, unless you're using the safe word to get out of the situation, um, what I say goes. And if you don't want to listen to it, you're eroding away at my confidence if you're not going to respond to the punishment. So at that point, you're not going to be a play partner I want to visit again. And that's your job as a little because you're not being engaging. You're being defiant. And being defiant and being a brat are fun until it's not so like if you just say no to everything what's the point like that's not domination that's i'm a pushover i'm grandpa which is another vibe we all could like we're all getting older i can't wait to be a grandpa at capcom and like big white beard and let boys just sit on my lap and hand them a two dollar bill come on like that's like gold like the only thing i do is get you all high on sugar and send you back to your real dads like i can't wait for that that's in 30 years though like, <laughs> I know it's a fun thought, but the truth is behind it that whenever I have 10 yeses and being confident in the yeses and 10 no's and being confident in the no's are what inform the back and forth that is the play, right? The play is I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to take this soggy diaper off. In fact, I'm going to wear it longer. And then you run around the house and I have to catch you, you know, like that's play. But if we're in a situation and I say, don't wet your diaper, and you wet your diaper, then you're going to get punished. But then if you get confused about why you got punished, I have to go back to, I told you not to wet your diaper. If I'm not confident about it, then you're going to be like, oh, he'll just wash it. I told you not to do it. See, if I don't mean it, then it's not play. It's just two grown people yelling at each other in a room, <laughs> which is strange. And both of us are wearing strange op- like. If you think about it from that, it sounds weird. Mm-hmm. If you drill it down to being confident, when I say no, no means no. When I say yes, yes means yes. And everything else, you ask permission. That exudes confidence to me. 
I love it. Well, thank you, Tristan, for coming to Newsy's Nook and talking about soft domination. I loved every second of it. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I loved it too. I'm so glad I got to talk to you about it. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Bye. All right, kiddos, before I go, I wanted to share this tweet that I found. Daddy Cliff posted, hear me out. Hooters, except it's just a bunch of hot mommies and daddies serving you and your ABDL friends PB&Js, mac and cheese, dino nuggies, and a juice in bottles and or a sippy cup. But there are no bathrooms, just big spaces for employees to administer diaper changes. I think this is iconic. I think it is genius. I would definitely want to go. Um, yeah, I know. I feel like it would be like a good hangout spot, but like, hopefully like there's like a back room for like more play, you know, like maybe it's like the front of the restaurant is like, you can eat and have fun. I don't know. Does that sound crazy? I don't know. Like I want it to be like this all in one inclusive area, like fun play area, but then like, oh no, like, you know, like bowling alleys, you know, like they have like a food area, but then like there's the bowling out air bowling alley area that's what this should be it should be like except instead of like a bowling alley it's like just a place where you can like play in your diaper and you know grind up on other people yeah that would be cool all right well i've wet myself just thinking about it so i gotta go change see ya bye